traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Welcome, race fans, to the International Equine Network. This is the founder of the International Equine Network, Scott Miller. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we had some issues after the Derby uh, the last uh, week or so about the Kentucky Derby. We're not going to get much into that. And the reason we're not going to get much into that is because this seems to have happened several times before over the last few years. And um, we're not going to go over, you know, what was done and how it was done or where it was done or whatever, other than the fact that we know that it was done. And according to the state of Kentucky, the fractions, uh, rule and fractions were um, broken. And uh, they had set out their um, guidelines for what was going to take place. It took place. And now we're into um, Baltimore, Maryland. And it appears that um, the people at Pimlico are going to ignore what was done at Churchill Downs uh, by the winning horse, and they're going to go ahead and let the horse run. And it's in my opinion that um, you break the rules, you pay the price. Um, you can't barely murder somebody. Either you do or you don't. And um, I think what's happened here is the infractions were were uh, uh, made uh by a stable and a trainer, and the punishment was in Kentucky and not into Maryland. Um, I hope that the betting public and the public in general see that um, through this and hope, you know, that they will get a true uh, legitimate uh, race uh, on Saturday in the, in the Preakness. Um, a lot of excuses have been made, no real Proof has been uh, made other than the fact that um, the infractions were made and they were recognized by the state of Kentucky and suspensions and fines are coming. And uh, if they are, if they already haven't. So that, you know, that's what we're looking at here for the Preakness on Saturday. Um, you know, it's a shame to see this happen, but I'd like to, uh, you know, guarantee the public um, that this is a good business. The, the business is good. There are a few exceptions in it, and I can't explain that, and I don't think anybody really can other than the fact that it's happened multiple times, and we're trying to correct that. Um, same thing in with the, um, the standard bearing industry. Um, we had a multitude of um, people that were served with uh, warrants uh, in regards to racing or race fixing, and that's being taken care of. They're going to court. In fact, some of them already received uh, their fines and their sentences and are in jail. But um, right now, uh, we just want to let everybody know that it's going to be a good day on Saturday. It's going to be a legitimate up-and-up day on Saturday. And Pimlico always does a great job on putting on the Preakness. Um, it's a beautiful place to go to, Maryland, a lot to do there. And we just like to really, uh, you know, make things uh uh, go good for them because they're really good people. Um, on the, on Preakness Day, uh, we're going to have a 10-horse field. Um, it looks really good. Uh, one horse in there that I was looking at was a horse called Ram, uh, trained by D. Wayne Lucas. Uh, D. Wayne is, is uh, a master of getting horses ready. Um, it's not that he's been laying low. It's not that it, this horse has been you know, not out there. He's been there, and, and I think Wayne might be on top of his schedule. I think this might be, you know, a fantastic race for Wayne to win at, um, in his career. Uh, it might be one of the most significant races that he's ever won in his career. Um, you know, it's a nice little horse coming in, and um, Santana Jr. will be riding him coming out of the post, uh, number one. Um, so I, I'm excited about that. And then there's a horse um, that uh, David Cohen's going to be riding. It's called Keep Me in Mind. Uh, this horse is a horse that um, I would say really hasn't popped out yet, hadn't really got into the groove of things. Um, I think this might be a better older horse or a better four-year-old. But right now it's a horse that's going to play a factor in the race on Saturday. 
because it's kind of horse that uh, if you hook him and you get out and get out with him on front, um, it's going to be all awful tough uh, with him. He's going to be real tough. Um, he's solid horse and always coming. And then there's another horse that I really do like. It's unbridled honor, uh, Todd Fletcher horse. Um, the Lexington Stakes uh, on the 10th of, uh, this year, on April the 10th, um, was a muddy track, and this horse come closing. He come closing like there was no tomorrow, and I think that that was the next step forward for him to um, move on down the road as far as the Preakness and the Belmont's concerned. Uh, this horse can flat out run. And I uh, don't know what he'd do on a, on a good, fast track, but, um, you know, we're going to see on Saturday. And that's Todd Fletcher's horse, unbridled on, on, uh, honor with the Sevs and the, and the Irons. So, you know, it, it's going to be a great race Saturday. Um, there's so many in here to look at. Medina Spirit um, is a nice horse. Um, he, he's um, excellent he, in the Derby. He, he ran good. Uh, he got a good. He got a good trip in the Derby. And uh, that, that made a big difference in the world, I think, um, getting the big trip uh, for him. You know, uh, made a big difference. We're going to see how it is. Now, Pimlico is a different kind of racetrack to be on. Um, Pimlico is egg-shaped. It's quick to the first turn, a long looping, uh, you know, uh, turn uh, down the side. And it's going to be interesting to see. A lot of horses uh, uh, have a hard time adjusting to that because uh, – it's not the conventional, you know, uh, round track, as we say. This is egg shape. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with it. Um, Ram is going to be at 30 to 1 tomorrow. Keep her in mind, uh, be 15 to 1. Um, Medina Spirits, 9 to 5, which I, I just can't believe that. And I think half of that is because of um, him winning the Derby. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting. The other horse that, that's got me um, really looking at is a horse uh, in here by Steve Asmussen called Midnight Bourbon. Um, I think Steve has got this horse primed and ready to go. Uh, I think Steve is going to break out the season and win a lot of major races this year. Um, he, he's, he's a good trainer and a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, the guy's really good, but I think it's all come together for him now. And you're going to see these horses just really, you know, right on down the line. And I think he's going to be a horse to contend with. Um, I don't think he'll go out to the lead and go to wire to wire, but I think he's going to be close enough to uh, force the issue. And uh, he could burn a lot of a lot of horses up here. Uh, and that's Midnight Bourbon with Ortiz in the saddle coming out of post five. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what Medina Spirit can do with these horses because. The Derby, it was such a, you know, uh, 18 horses were running and, you know, it was such a, a huge field. Uh, now uh, we're down to a 10-horse field cut in half, and I think what's going to happen, it's going to be like a street fight uh, is what, what's going to happen. Uh, you might get in there and start start the fight right from the get-go, or it might come at the, um, at the quarter pole, the half pole, the three-quarters, or the head of the stretch. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a fight, and every horse in here is strictly going to earn his uh, place where he finishes at. Um, you know, it's going to be a jockey's race. Um, this group of horses that I see here, I really don't see any of these horses going on, continuing on to the Belmont. I think you're going to see a lot of new shooters in the Belmont. And uh, just remember uh, here... Uh, with the Preakness this uh, week coming up, we got uh, some horses that ran in the Derby, and, and I think that um, the new shooters in here are going to add fresh blood to it, uh, new spirit. Uh, there's just a lot that they're going to be doing here, and, and also uh, it's going to be tough. But the Medina Spirit, I think, I, I think he was a good horse, and um, you know he won. Of course, he won the Derby, and uh, but I, I'll be honest with you, uh, fans. I think that this year we have Medina Spirit has come out, you know, ready to run in concert tour, both for Baffert. And they seem to be at the head of the head of the list for everybody. But I'll be honest with you, I think this year the group of horses we have and the group of horses 
that uh, Medina Spirit and and the others. I think he was just the best of a bunch of bad horses. And I know a lot of people are going to get angry about that, but I really do. I think he was the best of a bunch of bad horses. And we'll see how many of these three-year-olds go on to the uh, to the Breeders' Cup Classic. Um, you know, that's really going to put a, a, a lay down the gauntlet, as they say, um, for this group of three-year-olds. Um, I don't know if it was from the COVID last year or not being in a regular pattern of training, which they've been in a regular pattern of training like they normally would for the Triple Crown, you know, over the last uh, eight months. But I just think that uh, we, we've got some nice horses this year, and um, the, the Derby uh, crew were, were the best of a bunch of bad horses. And uh, we'll see what happens here at the Preakness, and then we'll see who goes on to the, um, you know, to the Belmont. And like I said, I don't think that there's many uh, horses in here that are going to go to the Belmont out of the Preakness. Um, I think it'll be a whole different group. I think a lot of the trainers have uh, laid back and kind of figured out where they're going. And to be honest with you, I, I think that some of these trainers that I've talked to, they're starting to um, circle in on like the Travers. Um, they're starting to look at the Haskell. Uh, you know, they're starting to look at, you know, other races um, for the three-year-olds that are out there, uh, you know, to, to bring them along, um, you know, to get them to the Breeders' Cup. Because right now, I think all these trainers are not focused really on Preakness and Belmont. I think they're focused on, um, you know, the summertime racing at Saratoga, Del Mar, um, you know, that, that type of thing. And then the fall at Keeneland. Um, I think that's what they're all looking for. Um, because to be honest with you, um, I don't know what kind of show this is going to be on Saturday. I hope it's a good one. Uh, it's my understanding that Bob Baffert's not going to be there. He doesn't want to bring any, uh, extra added attention to, uh, you know, to the stable or to the track. And that concerns me. Uh, that concerns me if he's not going to show up, you know, for that. Um, the best thing for Bob to do is just say no comment and walk away. And you haven't seen that yet. Uh, the only thing, that, and forgive me for, you know, feeling uh, what I'm feeling, but I'm just telling you how I feel about the whole situation. When you, a trainer comes in, he is responsible for any and every and all things that go on in his stable, be it paying bills, treating help, running horses, training horses, grooming horses, uh, you know, making sure they have the, their shoes, their vet, and everything. That's where the ultimate, ultimate responsibility lands is with that trainer. And, you know, a lot of times it's best just to face up to it and say, Hey, you know, it was something that happened and, you know, um, and this is the way it was. But, um, from what I heard, it was the groom had caught, was taking cough medicine. And, um, you know, then there was the ointment situation. And then uh, there was a big issue about, well, it was barely, it was barely over the, the legal limit. And, you know, it, it is what it is. If you break the rules, then you pay the price. There's no, oh, I barely, you know, uh, was over the limit. I barely murdered somebody. You know, I barely started the fire. You know, you can't do that. You got to accept it. And that's what should have been done. They should have accepted the responsibility for what happened and then come back later in, in a statement saying that, hey, you know, this is what could have happened. We were using anointment on the horse's skin rash and that's what happened. And then it goes again back to, you know, the, the trainer. Whenever you use a medication on a horse, whenever you do something, uh, you know, that needs to be done, um, the, the trainer is responsible. The veterinarian, of all people, the veterinarian should have told him, said, hey, this is medicine has uh, things in it that could test positive. You see, people weren't doing their jobs. They weren't following through. They weren't doing their jobs. And that's what gets frustrating about the horse business now. You know, those kind of things happen, and some people walk, and some people talk, and some people go pay the price. And uh, that's what we want to get the public out there to understand, that um, in Maryland, uh, they will have, um, uh, they will have uh, uh, the right people at the right place and the right time, and you're going to get a good show. 
you're going to get a good show. And, and I want the people to tune in and watch, you know, the racing um, to see how it's going, to see who's doing what. Uh, that's what we want, want them to do. Um, you know, it's going to really be good. And like I said, um, this this field for the Preakness is so doggone wide open, more so than it ever ever has been. Um, you have some uh, fantastic trainers in there. Uh, Trout, Chad Brown's got uh, crowd, uh, crowded trade in there. And um, Chad's uh, coming along right now. And, and I tell you what, uh, this is going to be a horse not to beat. He's got Castellano in the irons. And um, he, he's going to be good. Um, and like I said before, Midnight Bourbon with uh, under out of the Ashmussen stable. Um, you know, uh, he's got that horse prime and ready to go. It hasn't got much attention, and I think that's uh, one of the things that's uh, kind of leading me towards uh, Midnight Bourbon. Um, you know, it's going to be uh, interesting. Um, there's a horse in here called Bombauer from Mr. McCarthy with Flavin Pratt on board. Uh, Mr. McCarthy could have a horse come flying out of nowhere. If you want to see a long shot, buddy, uh, you know, that uh, Bombauer, the number six post, is a horse to take a look at. Uh, it's going to be uh, interesting to see. Um, Chad Brown's got another horse in there called Risk Taking um, with Ortiz in the arms. Um, so uh, I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. And I think Chad's the master of putting two horses in a race. Um, a lot of people don't like to see that happen, especially the owners, you know, uh, and one trainer, you know, trying to um, win a race and having two or three entries in the race. Um, I think Chad has put these two horses in the race together, and I think you could probably see a one-two with him, uh, one-two with these horses, because Chad's coming around um, this time of the year, and he's getting it all together. Uh, he's got a lot of things going on uh, in his equine world, and he's handling them very well. And um, it's going to be exciting to watch Chad over the next few years to see how powerful and stable he, he is putting together now um, in South Florida and, and, you know, up and down the East Coast in there. Uh, so that, that's going to look good. And then, again, like we were talking about, Todd Fletcher, Unbridled Honor. Um, that horse ran good, you know, in, uh, in April uh, on a muddy track he was running. Um, he, he's got such a long stride on him. Uh, he's got a long stride that really looks good. Uh, you know, and, and in April at Keeneland, he looked like he was just, uh, floating over the, over the track that he was just skating, you know, all, all through, through the, um, uh, you know, through the race. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of interested to see how he does. Um, then concert tour for Bafford, uh, stable made of, uh, Medina Springs. Um, it's going to be interesting uh, to see, you know, how they do. Do they hook up? Uh, do they go together? Of course, you know, Bob knows better than anybody, uh, how, uh, concert tour it is and how Medina Springs is. And who does he have run down who? Does he have concert tour run down Medina Springs? Does he have Medina Springs run down concert tour? Um, you know, th those two right there, he knows the most about. Uh, he knows more than the daily racing form. He knows more than, than any of the other trainers, any of the other handicaps, because he's got them in his barn and he sees them day to day and sees what happens with them. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, w where they go with that from there. Um, and then, uh, France de Go de Enna. Uh, it's a uh, Mr. Maury uh, trained horse. Um, it's got a Rosario in the in the uh, seat, and it's going to be interesting to see how um, how this horse runs. Uh, not a lot's known about him, and I think he could come flying out of there at the end. Uh, you know what they're doing, but right now uh, where where the whole line uh, lays at uh, with the uh, owners and the trainers and everything that's that's going on. Um, you know, this is the kind of race that's going to establish um, whether you have a, a potential stallion or not down the road after the, their career is over. And um, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, that's what I always go uh, look at it uh, at, at racing. When I start to, I wouldn't say handicap, but when I make my choice on there, I start looking at um, at the horses and the bloodlines and who, who could possibly be a potential 
uh, new stallion, you know, uh, come, come the end of their career. And one of the things that I was looking at, uh, you know, we're looking at uh, Ram, uh, the number one horse uh, with Wayne Lucas. Um, it's American Pharaoh and Minor Secret by Mineshaft. And um, that's some very good bloodline uh, right there for it. I, I think that um, that bloodline indicates to me that this could be a, a, an older horse, uh, you know, come out and, and uh, really make a difference, um, you know, in his running uh, as an older horse. Um, so that, that's going to be interesting to see what goes with that. Uh, then we come down to um, uh, keep me in mind. Uh, keep me in mind is, uh, uh, like I said, it's a horse that I think is going to come right. Um, it's, uh, it's got the distance for the Belmont, I think. Uh, Laybone Inclination by Victory Gallup. And Victor Gallup is a great horse. Uh, you know, he, he had a good Belmont, uh, you know, nice horse. And there's, there's the distance there. But the thing that I don't like about it, uh, and that bloodline for, uh, keep, keep me in mind is speed. There's not a lot of speed, uh, there in my eyes. Uh, that may be different in other people, but in my eyes, there's not a lot of speed there. And so that, that's going to be, uh, crucial, uh, and, um, and the Preakness on Saturday is that speed. Uh, Concert Tour has got some nice um, uh, speed to him. Um, it would be interesting to see what happens, you know, with this horse. Uh, he had a horse run by him um, uh, here a few months ago, uh, back on the 10th of April, and the horse just run past him uh, like there was no tomorrow. And so that tells me that, you know, that that could very well be um, you know, one of Bob's uh, rabbits out there and everything. And, uh, you know, keeping me in mind, doesn't have a lot of speed, and I think it will be closing, you know, at the end. So that would be my pick, uh, you know, in, in the top four horses. Um, and then Medina Spirit, um, it's a nice bred horse. Uh, uh, it's a Florida bred, and um, I think this is a good, solid horse. I don't think he's going to be the horse that everybody anticipates him to be uh, because I think, like I said, I think the Derby uh, ended up being, uh, he was the best of a bunch of bad horses. And we're going to find out if that horse runs first or second, you know, in the Preakness on Saturday, then man, I'm dead wrong. And you guys can, you know, just fire up on me like there's no tomorrow. Um, you know, but, but I, I just don't think they're going to hear the bell with him on Saturday. Um, you know, his bloodline is good. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen, uh, you know, with them. And then this crowded trade that, that we have over here for um, for Tra Chad Brown. Um, I just love the breeding on it. Um, More than ready, modest by Jumpstart. And uh, Jumpstart I like because Jumpstart's a solid, solid bloodline for horses that have stamina. So, uh, you know, I, I like that. And I like the way Chad trains. I like Costellano in the, in the saddle. Um, you know, I think that that horse is going to be a horse that will be in the middle of the pack, but he'll be forcing the issue. Um, he'll be close, but not on front. I think he's going to be pushing the issue. You know, and just the presence of him being there is going to have a lot of people thinking like, good gosh, how much does this horse have in the tank? And, you know, is he going to run past me? And, and all, uh, you know, what's going to happen with that? But but I do like Crowded Trade, and, and I like Costellano, and I like Chad Brown. Uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, real, real good uh, for them, I think, and it might be Chad's day. Um, and then with the five horse, uh, we're looking at here at Midnight Bourbon. Uh, I, I like this horse um, to a point. <laughs> he, he's a Tis Now Catch the Moon by Malibu Moon, and um, that tells me that this horse is a, is a nice horse, um, he he has the credentials to be running where he's running at, but again, I think we're going back to uh, looking at um, uh, an older horse. This horse coming along, and he, you know, uh, in his uh, three and four, five year old year, I think, if he can make it to five years old. Uh, usually, if they have pretty good, they end up going to the breeding shed pretty quick on there. But I but I see him as a solid horse 
you know, in there. And then um, this Rombauer, um, I, I kind of like this horse. Uh, he's kind of a, a, a nice horse. Um, his breeding on it is Twirling Candy, Cashmere, uh, Cowboy, Cow. Now, the bloodline on this horse is really not um, all that. Uh, it's I'd say it's mediocre at the, at the best. Um, I think this horse uh, uh, could be in there. Um, to a certain extent, and he might play a big part uh, in the middle of the race. Uh, not at the beginning or at the end, but I think in the middle of the race, I think he's going to be a constant speed and there, a constant uh, uh, horse to chase. Um, he's not going to move forward. He's not going to move backwards, but he's going to stay pretty much where he settles in at, uh, you know, on, on the race there. And then um, this France Gold Vienna, uh, it's, uh, it's a horse that, uh, I can't figure this one out. Uh, he's a will take charge, uh, dreamy blues by Curlin. So he's got a lot of solid, uh, you know, race ability in him from his bloodline. But again, I think this is another horse that's going to become, you know, a fairly decent horse at an older age. Um, that, that's, that's the way I look at it. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see you know, where he's at in this race, uh, where he goes, if he goes to the lead, or, you know, just what happens with him. Um, uh, I, I don't know, guys. Maybe you have to call us and let us know what you think, uh, you know, uh, about it. Uh, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I just watched Crowded Trade. Uh, he was from a race at Aqueduct, and uh, he did pretty good. He hooked a horse in the beginning. And, uh, kind of ran through and, and went down to the wire with him. And, uh, you know, uh, Crowded Trade, he, he's, he's been in the fight every now and then, but not, I don't think he's going to be, uh, like it is with this one, because instead of having one or two horses, you know, to come out, you're going to have five or six on top of you. Uh, it's going to be interesting. And then we come down here to, um, Unbridled Honor. Uh, this horse is, it is by Honor Code, Silvery Starlight by Unbridled Song. And this horse breeding has mile and a quarter all over it. It has mile and a quarter all over it. And uh, I, I think that um, uh, with what's going to happen with him in this race, I think he's going to break from the gate. He's going to settle in. And then I think at the three-eighths pole, he's going to make a tremendous uh move and i think he's going to roll right on past all of them uh he's going to be run just like honor cold down the stretch it's his best is his best uh friend and um i think they're at pimlico uh, with his speed and his bloodline and his trainer and uh the jockey i think they're just going to run right past them uh so that's who my solid lead and my solid pick uh, for the freak, this is going to be unbridled honor for Todd Fletcher and Saez in, in the uh, in, in the in the saddle, um, and then we come down to uh, risk taking. Um, risk taking uh, is is a nice Medallia Diora uh, run at risk by distorted humor. So we know distances in the bloodline on this horse. Uh, we know that this horse can uh, can make a run at it, and so the 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 distance for the Preakness is not going to make a difference to him. It's just how he runs it, you know, and where you know who, where and who he hooks up with. Uh, it's going to be tough, be tough on him. Um, risk taking uh, is a is a fighter. Uh, he's a good stretch runner, but um, it's going to be kind of interesting to see what uh, happens happens with him. Love the bloodline on him. Of all the horses in this race. Uh, I like him, and uh, I like I like the distorted humor, Medallia Diora, uh, you know, uh, connection there, because uh, we've got, um, you know, we've got uh, uh, the distance, and we do have some speed and uh, intermediate speed, I would say, in there. But um, you know, going down through here and just kind of looking at them uh, and see where they're at. Uh, the last one is Street uh, Concert Tour. Is by Street Sense, uh, Purse Strings by Taffet. So, you know, that's again, that's another solid, um, you know, uh, bloodline right there. But all in all, when you come down and you start to look at the different ones to see, you know, the potential for, um, you know, stallion uh, 
prospect out, out of uh, who wins this, you know, race. So you're going down through here. Uh, the the four horse over here in a crowded trade, um, like we said, is a more than ready. And uh, more than ready, you know, has proven himself uh, many times in the breeding shed, which is good. Uh, so, you know, we kind of look at that. Uh, so I kind of like um, uh, the uh, uh, four eight uh, combination right there because I think of any of the horses that come out of this race that this would add, you know, a, a notch to their um, to their breeding, to the stud uh, career that they could have. Um, I think that's for sure. And you got to remember something. The owners right now and the trainers right now, sure, they're pointing towards the Preakness or the Belmont or the Travers or, uh, you know, the Haskell, that type of thing. Uh, but right now the owners are playing a big part in where these horses run at. Um, if you got a horse that can win the Preakness, uh, you know, you've got, you got a pretty good horse. And everything, but then you have to answer the question: Can he go a mile and a half? Can he go a mile and an eighth? Where is his best, you know, run run at? And that's what we're going to find out over the summer and through the fall up into the Breeders' Cup. Um, we'll see how many of these three-year-olds, you know, will be at the Classic this year. Uh, that's one of the things that we've been been kind of looking at here. And to see how many of them, and with the one three-year-olds that I've seen so far this year, I say there's maybe three at, at the top that you know would be able to go and run in the classic, maybe, just maybe. Um, but we'll know more after Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a great race day Saturday, um, you know. And when you tune in, uh, you're going to be inundated with uh, the controversy of what happened in Kentucky. Uh, that's going to be something that's really going to be you know, uh, a figure point uh, for them to talk about. And, and the way I look at it is the more they talk about what happened in Kentucky at the Derby and the less they talk about the Preakness, that's telling me that um, this bunch of three-year-olds are, you know, mediocre. Uh, I hate to say that, but I think that, that is a true, true uh, statement. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see what happens, you know, w with these horses. Um it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Bob Baffert has to say, uh, how much he's in front of the camera. Um, you know, this is what happens. And he said that he's not coming to the Preakness because he didn't want to take away from the, uh, uh, from the Preakness itself, you know, the pomp and circumstance of the, of the Preakness and, you know, all the things that are going on. But um, he's got to remember something. He's a big part of the Preakness. And, um, you know, it, it, it's no different than him winning the Derby by 20 lengths and then bringing a horse to the Preakness or doing what happened. Bob needs to get in front of the camera. He needs to talk to the American people, to the racing public, and he needs to explain to them in a realistic, you know, tone what exactly happened. And if he doesn't know what happened, don't tell us what could have happened. Just tell him he doesn't know, and this is what happened, and these are the results. That's what they, that's what they need to do. And, uh, you know, all the trainers need to do that. Um, it, it's interesting. You know, they're always trying to find that, that secret, um, you know, formula to get their horse to the wind circle. Um, I, I worked around Dr. Alex Harthill for many, 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 um, visits to, uh, to the thoroughbred farms and, and to the, uh, to the racetrack with him and, and I talked to him for a long time and became real good friends with him and, and everything and he was explaining to me about the when Lasix first popped up in, um, into horse racing um, back in the day there wasn't a real, a real test for Lasix you know they only had certain drugs that they tested for and they didn't know what Lasix was and uh, when it was introduced how many people knew about it and how many people made money off of you know the Lasix aspect of it and same thing today, there's all these new drugs that are coming up and new things that are happening, you know, with them. And, and so it makes it kind of interesting to see. Uh, and it's hard to monitor, you know, it's hard for science to monitor what's going on. Um, you know, and that's why we're having the trouble that we're having in the standard bread industry, in the thoroughbred industry, and even the show horse industry about medicating horses, uh, you know, timelines and dates and, and all like that. But the bottom line is, 
is if you break the rules, you pay the price. If you don't, if you break the rules and don't pay the price, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again, and it's obvious that this has happened again and again and again over the last three or four years with the same group of trainers. You know, and that's what that's what really gets gets to me is it keeps happening, nothing's done about it, and then they walk, they go on down the road. Um, you know, there's the worst thing and and um, that can happen to a trainer or to an owner is a tainted victory. Is a tainted victory. And it's hard to, you know, uh, do something like that uh, and then come back and walk around the track and hold your head up high. You know, you go to that track every day, win, lose, or draw. No matter what happens, you go to that track every day and you face the, you know, you face the public. You face your fellow horsemen. Um, I tell you, it's just, it's really getting bad. Um, you know, what, what do you do with it? Uh, you know, we're, we're sitting here talking about the excuses that are being used, um, you know, for, uh, uh, it's not a conspiracy theorist, uh, theory, they said. Uh, I know everybody out there, uh, is not out to get me. You know, Baffert said, we're definitely, uh, something wrong. Why is this happening to me? Uh, you know, was one of his questions. Uh, we live in a different world now. The American is different and it was like a cancel culture culture kind of thing um uh, he was informed about the substance uh in in his horse's system and alleged 21 uh uh picograms i think it was that he was over and you know it, it doesn't matter how many it could be one or it could be none and you know even if you break the rules you break the rules and that's the name of the game and that's what we're trying to get get across to everybody you know about the, the horse racing um, you know, the, the thing that I like about it and like we talked about before is we're talking about, um, tradition. Uh, you know, uh, playing, the playing of Maryland, my Maryland, uh, you know, the old Kentucky home. Uh, you know, we gotta get back into sync with things. Uh, we're, everybody's under a microscope and so whenever you're a trainer or an owner, you gotta keep everything on the up and up. Uh, you know, that, that type of thing. Let's get back to tradition. Let's get back to the tradition of running horses, uh, you know, not on medication. Let's get back to the tradition of, of you know, being, uh, you know, old school. Uh, that, that's what we've got to do is go back to the old school and, and, you know, you bring a horse in ready to run. Uh, don't, don't let trainers, don't let your owners pressure you into running a horse. Uh, you know, like, like I was talking for about Cam Gambolotti. Um, went to Derby and the Preakness, could have gone on to the Belmont, but he opted for the $5 million Jersey Derby bonus, and everybody said that's what he opted for. No, it wasn't what he opted for. He opted to go to the Jersey Derby because he knew his horse couldn't run the mile and a half and win the Belmont, and that's what it's all about. If you think you can win, enter your horse, but if you don't think you can win, get that condition book out and look at something else. You know, that's what you got to do. Don't try to cheat and get to the finish line. You know, that, that's, that's the whole long and short of it. You can't do that. You know, you got to go in and hold your head honest and, pr- and proud. You know, and the way things are today and the people that have been caught doing what they're doing, I don't see how in the world they can walk into the racetrack either today, tomorrow, you know, or six months from now and hold their head up high. You know, it's hard to respect somebody that comes in and, and takes advantage of the system and then turns around and makes excuses for it. You know, that that's what I don't understand. There are no excuses for trainers because they are responsible. They're supposed to know 24-7, seven days a week, what that horse is getting, you know, what's being done to him, you know, and have the proper staff there to do it. Um, I can remember one day at the Flamingo Stakes in Hialeah back in the day, um, I was fortunate enough to be working for a trainer that uh, we ran second and third in the race. And um, they came in to the, the spit barn, um, you know, to uh, test the horses. And when you go into the spit box, you go in and it's just straight water. You don't use any shampoos or anything. Well, long story short, the people that won the race uh, came in and I noticed that the uh, one of their uh, rooms um, was using a shampoo. It was an herbal shampoo. And, um, you know, I'm sitting there and I told the stewards, I said, Hey, wait a minute. 
I said, I can't take our horses in there in that bath stall. I said, they've got herbal shampoos in there. I said, the, the, the sponges and the, and the water, uh, you know, can all be tainted. And I said, I'll just hold my horse off. And I said, we'll take care of business and go back to the barn. You know, and then Stuart came out and told me, he said, you know, he said, I respect that. He said, because you're thinking, you don't know what's in that herbal medication, and it could be something that tests positive. And so just hosing them off, taking care of business with the Stuarts and going back to the barn was the right thing to do. And uh, my trainer and, and my owners uh, that I worked for, uh, they were very appreciative of, of what I did because we averted that. Now, if a, a little uh, green guy, uh, type guy like me, uh, you know, is paying attention to do that, all these trainers should be doing that. And, um, you know, that, that's going to be the interesting thing on Saturday um, to see how much of this programming, and, you know, it's not going to be like, like what I'm doing here, but, you know, in the same format, I got off on talking about, uh, you know, breaking the rules more than I should have today. But, um, you know, it's a point that I'm trying to make, and I think it's a point that uh, is going to be interesting to watch on uh, on NBC on Saturday to see how much they do talk about it. If they if they do, if they just talk over it and just, you know, kind of pass it away, you know, down the road line, then the fans are going to be waiting for Sunday or Monday to see if the horse tested positive for anything. Uh, you know, that's what they're going to be doing because I know they're testing this week. Um, they're, they're going to be testing, I, I believe, today or tomorrow, you know, if anything's in the horse's system and then right after the race. And also they'll be doing that. And, and, but it's going to be interesting to see how the program format goes, how much time they spend on talking about that. And not just with Bob Baffert. You know, if they're going to talk about it, let's talk about everything. Um, you know, we've had several of the big-time trainers over the last few years that have gotten in trouble for things like this. And it just seems to me that the less said when they're, you know, when the tests come out, the less said time cures all and everybody forgets it. We forget about justifying. We forget about authentic. You know, everybody's forgotten all about justifying. When's the triple crown? Don't hear any more about it. And the drug testing and the, and the things that happened to that horse, don't hear nothing about it. But yet again, in the same stable a few years later, you know, something along that lines happens, you know, so it kind of makes you wonder, you know, who's not doing their job in that board. And, and so, you know, I, like I said, I'll go back and blame it all on the trainer. Um, tainted victories are not, not, uh, are not something that are, are good to have, you know, and it's like, um, the horse is breaking down, you know, on the racetrack, um, you know, they couldn't figure out, couldn't figure out what it was, you know, and they still, you know, had had a hard time you know, talking about it, but yet now they seem to be correcting that, you know, and, and that's what they're doing, and, and that's what we got to do with the racing. And uh, we got to correct all the things that are going bad with us. Now we survived the COVID. We saw we survived all all the things that we've had over the last year, and and most most businesses were devastated by it, but not the thoroughbred business, not the show horse or standard bread business. Uh, you know, we're all back, we're all back up and back in the big swing and, you know, more people are coming to the track and, you know, we're getting all that taken care of, but let's get, let's get the important things taken care of. And I, I'm not passing this off on anything, but the most important thing in our business are the horses, our employees and our fans. Those are the three things that we, that we rate, uh, how we rate, how I rate things is the horses come first. Then the, then the employees and then the fans. And if you mix a good combination of that, you got success. And that's what we're having in a thoroughbred business. You just look at the windows and how many people are doing what they're doing, um, uh, you know, on, on race day. Uh, you know, this is going to be a great race day this weekend. People getting together, they can get in the backyards together now and have picnics and, you know, barbecues and uh, get the big screen TV out, and, you know, and you can have, uh, you know, one heck of a, uh, of a Preakness party. And um, on uh, and you can go to the track. Uh, you know, it's limited, but you can go to the track. And the derby experience is something else. You know, it was professionally done. It was done right. And, and to be honest with you, I think a lot of people liked it because, you weren't wall-to-wall jammed up, you know, couldn't get into the restrooms, couldn't get into the food lines, you know, couldn't get into a lot of things. 
when you have 125,000 people, but when you got 60,000 people there, it's really nice. Um, it's nice in a good way, but it's nice in a good way also when you have 125,000 people there. Um, you know, it gets good like that. And I think that on Saturday uh, for the Preakness, I think it's going to be a real good day. Uh, I think that the fans are going to enjoy it. I hope the weather's good. Um, I hope all the things that are going on, you know, with uh, uh, Preakness Week, uh, you know, the people and fans are enjoying it. And I hope they can go into the Preakness on Saturday, you know, with the mindset that, yes, that this is going to be a fair up-and-up race. There's going to be no drugging of the horses. Uh, there's going to be no controversy. Um, you know, all the riders are ride good. Uh, all the trainers are have a proper, you know, response uh, to what they're doing. And, and I can all, always go back to what my dad said. Uh, my dad told me, he said, in victory, he said, um, he said, when you, you say very little, he said, uh, that's, that's the best thing to do. He said, when you lose, he said, you lose. He said, when you win, he said, don't say anything. He said, just let it go. He said, because, uh, you know, you're on to the next day. As soon as that race is over, you're looking at 364 more days. And at 7 o'clock on Saturday night, you're going to be looking at 364 more days to the next greatness. And you got to figure out what you're going to do, plan how you're going to do it, and how, what two-year-olds do you have getting ready to go for it. And, um, you know, so we're already uh, 50 weeks off of the next Kentucky Derby. And uh, that's going to give a lot of trainers a lot of time to explain and make excuses for why they ran bad. Um, I'll never forget uh, a gentleman had uh, uh, five horses taken from him. And, uh, and uh, we know who that gentleman is uh, because uh, the horses weren't, they, they weren't winning. And uh, they were running seconds and thirds. And the excuse that the gentleman that we're talking about had was that, you know, sorry, Mr. Owner, we got beat by a better horse. They didn't like to hear that. They did not like to hear that at all. They wanted to hear, well, you know, he was a little off on the right front. Uh, you know, he got bumped in the gate, the blacksmith, the vet, the groom, the exercise rider, the weather, the track. You know, that's what they want to hear. And I've learned it real quick, and that's why I got out of training, because I couldn't train a rat to eat cheese. I could get them close to the mousetrap, but I couldn't train them to eat the cheese and everything. And when I told the owners that, uh, you know, we got beat by a better horse, then that was it, the end for me. They didn't want to hear that, you know, even though it was the truth, you know. And there's nobody that can wave a magic wand out there and make a horse win, you know, with the exception of the last, uh, you know, few years. But, uh, that, you know, that's what we're looking for. We've got to get back into the spirit of things. Uh, get into the pomp and circumstance that goes along with all the racing in the business. Um, you know, get together with your friends. Now, my niece went up to, um, uh, went up to the Derby and uh, it was funny. Um, when she got there, she met friends that she uh, lived close to when she was living in Louisville. She met friends there and then she had friends that she had met at previous derbies that also showed up that were from outside of Kentucky. And uh, she said that was one of the best times that she's ever had. Uh, you know, they got together. They did the dinners. They did the derby parties. They did the racing. Um, you know, I was back and forth with her on, uh, um, you know, what was going on. Uh, she was asking about betting tips and handicapping. You know, she did all right. She didn't make a lot of money, but she didn't lose a lot of money either. And uh, she did really, you know, really well. And all, but it was back again, like we were saying, to the tradition of things, and and that's what we have to do in all phases of the business, uh, from the owners and trainers uh, to the fans uh, to the grooms to everybody. Uh, you know, we've got to get back into tradition, and, and I and I'm a firm believer that I think that tradition and it's it borderlines superstition. Uh, the, the way I the way I look at all these things, um, it kind of borderlines superstition. Uh, now, like me, I have a certain week uh, during Preakness Week. I have uh, certain foods that I eat on certain days, uh, certain programming, certain things that I go to the Internet for on certain days during Preakness Week. And it leads all up to being able to sit down in, in my chair and uh, 
taking in all the things that I've done for the week, um, you know, and the things that I've done over the years on a weekly basis, and um, sit down and really enjoy the race. Uh, you know, so that, that's what I'm looking forward to this Saturday, uh, right there on top of it, um, you know, with it. Uh, but ac- according to, um, you know, uh, Pimlico, uh, all 10 Putin starters uh, settled in at Pimlico. Uh, so they, they all made, made the trip there good. Some of them were getting a look at the track for the first time. Um, you know, and, as it's been uh, for the first Saturday in May, uh, Bob Baffert's uh, starters were in the center of attention. Um, Medina Spirit, um, who won the Kentucky Derby by Wilford Reserve, uh, faces the possibility of disqualification for positive post-drug test as the Grade Two Winter Concert Tour rolled around the track on um, at a mile and a half gallop. So you know they they were still worried at, at this time of this uh, news release that uh, he could have gotten got uh, taken down and and all and then again very little uh, concert tour uh, went a mile and a half gallop uh, you know on there. Um, you know, he, he's a nice horse. Uh, uh, the, the horses that Bob had, they looked really good on the track. They got over the track very well. And it looks like a really good surface here. So we're happy with that, uh, Assistant Jimmy Barnes said. Uh, so maybe we'll try to get some, uh, get, get them in something in the morning schooling, you know, and get them uh, to look around the track and see what's what around the track when they school a horse. Um, and so, and so that's that's what they look at it, uh, you know, for that. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll find out. You know, they're they're kind of laying quiet, and it looks like it's all going to be on Jimmy Barnes' shoulder this weekend. Uh, you know, I hope he gets praise for taking the bullets, and I hope he gets more praise if he wins wins the race uh, because he deserves it. He's the man that's uh, you know uh, in front of everything. Um, so that that's going to be good. Uh, you know, and going through the different articles here, you know, most of the uh, articles, you know, three-quarters of the content is about, you know, Baffert. You know, so I do understand him not wanting to be there, but he should be there to diffuse, you know, any problems that are there, uh, you know, with it. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of see what happens with that. Uh, Chad Brown uh, had crowded trade and risk-taking. Um they, they got in okay, uh, so they're doing good. They, they like the course. Uh, you know, they, they seem to be handling it, you know, fairly well. Um, uh, we're going to see what happens. Uh, uh, this uh, risk-taking, um, he won the Wither Stakes. Uh, uh, it, it was on uh, a heavy track. Is a two-to-one favorite in the wood in post nine. Um, so, you know, he, he was good. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's all good out here. Uh, we'll see what happen, happens, uh, you know, with the rest of these horses here. Um, one of those days, you know, around the farm here, I'm just kind of trying to figure out what to say about the Preakness and, and about horse racing in general. Um, it gets very frustrating to uh, come in and see, uh, you know, what's going on and, and you know, wondering if, if when this race is over, what, what the controversy is going to be. It's not going to be able to enjoy the victory, you know, uh, when that happens. Um, and, and I think that was kind of obvious on Derby Day. Um, I didn't see the, the excitement, and I didn't see the jubilation uh, of the people that were connected with winning the race. Um, I just saw a, a very, very... Um, uh, you know, like disbelief, like, oh man, you know, what, what are we going to do now? Um, you know, I've never seen somebody want to get out of town as quick as they did after the race. So, you know, that tells me that maybe somebody knew something before the race, um, you know, it could happen. But, um, and then, uh, tomorrow, which is going to be the Black Eyed Susan Day, um, no, no controversies with, uh, with any of those horses, uh, that we know of, you know, right now. Um, it's going to be a good race. It's, um, it's also a 10 horse field. Um, Bob Baffert's got beautiful, uh, um, gift in there. Brad Cox has, uh, adventuring, which is a nice horse. It's a number nine horse. Uh, it's a really, really nice horse. And I think his horse can get it. It's a pioneer of denial. 
um, there. And I, I think that that's a breeding possibility right there. And so this, this race will be very important to, you know, to, to, uh, uh, the connections there. And then I can't help it, but I keep going back and, and it's not because Todd Pletcher works with Palm Beach Downs. It's that he's a good trainer and, and a lot of horses are being, uh, uh, you know, sent his way. Iced Latte with Saez and, and the Irons, eight to one. Uh, this horse is, this horse is, uh, I tell you what, I think it is waiting to explode. Uh, I, I think this horse is going to hit right on top. And I think this horse might win this race tomorrow, uh, uh by many. Um, it's a pioneer, uh, of the Nile, the Malibu prayer and by Malibu Moon. And, uh, I think that, that horse is just ripe and ready to go. The Mike Ripoli stable owns it, and I think they're about due, uh, you know, with this horse. Uh, you know, she's going to be really tough. But when it all comes down to it, folks, it's about having a good time at the races. Um, you know, I think we need to get more programming like we have uh, on the air out to the public where we can really get to the public so the public can start participating in it. Uh, you know, we really haven't seen any of the news outlets you know, get into the, the public eye and say, what do you think? Go to the racetrack. Where's that roving reporter at? I wish I could afford a roving reporter. But I'd have them at all the races all the time wanting to know what in the heck's going on. You know, uh, that, that's what we need is go back to the days of the roving reporter. You talk about scattering a group of winners and losers. Show those reporters show up, you know, and man, everybody hightails it out of there because they don't want to have to explain anything. And I think that's what happened at Derby time. And I don't think it's so much the, uh, uh, the, uh, explanation, but it's how it was presented, you know, to, it's kind of like a kid. Billy, did you eat those cookies? Well, uh, you see, uh, this is what happened. Two of them crumbled and fell on the ground and had to throw them away. The dog got two of them. The cat got one of them and I ate the last one. You know, and, and I mean, that's the, that's the way, it, you know, way it goes. So what we're trying to do here is, you know, get people thinking, get them talking, get them wound up, get them back into the game. You know, we need to, we need the fans in the game now. We beat COVID. We beat all the other things that we've had to go through, you know, with, with the, uh, um, with the, with the horse racing industry. There's still a lot more to go. There's there's over 39 people that are in court right now waiting to go to trial to find out about what their punishment's going to be um, from things that have happened over the last three or four years. And like I said, we've already had a few that have come forward and, um, you know, pleaded guilty, got their sentence, and, you know, and they're in jail uh, um Waiting, waiting to get their sentence, you know, paid, paid or, you know, brought down. But, um, it was a wild show today, folks. I enjoyed it. I got to air a lot of things that I've been trying to get off my mind. Um, you know, it's not the typical, uh, equestrian show, uh, that, that, that I'm doing here. It's quite different, different from a, a lot of things. And I'd like for, to get audience participation in there. In other words, I'm saying I need somebody to argue and fight with on air. So, you know, I wish they'd call us. I wish they'd tune in, go to our website, uh, IENTV.org, um, see what I was, uh, I was on there. Give me some feedback. Tell me how, you know, bad that website is. Tell me what I need to do. Argue and fight with me. But at least let's get connection and get some communication going. And I hope everybody enjoys the Preakness on Saturday. Um, you know, you can go into it uh, uh, with a, a good mindset, you know, that it's all on the up and up. It's going to be good. Um, it's going to be a great race. And may the best horse win. Uh, that's what we're looking for. Uh, maybe you know, have their day on that day, and that'll be the only day they ever have, you know, as a good day. Uh, but hopefully they'll have more good days after they win on Saturday. So remember, folks, got to turn in to uh, NBC on Saturday. Post time for the Pimlico um, in Pimlico for the Preakness is 6:47 Eastern time. 
So thanks for joining in with us. And remember, call and harass me in the future. This is Scott Miller from International Equine Network saying, may the horse be with you.